those kinds of images are the conversation starters. Those are the ones that are going to get people interested and it's going to get them to care, to connect and to take action. And that's what we want. Because as I tell my clients, you know, a photo is never going to inspire someone in your audience to sign on the dotted line, but it's going to inspire them to pick up the pen. And that's what we're going for, that spark. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, the man who helped me get over my fear of the camera and has shot most of the photos of me online, including my book cover, boss of his business, John D'Amato. John is a branded lifestyle portrait and virtual photographer who collaborates with speakers, trainers, and other expert-based business owners to create an emotional connection with their audiences through persuasive visual storytelling. We caught up recently and covered topics such as how John pivoted his in-person photography business to virtual during COVID with much success, what really needs to happen between you and your photographer if you want that magic shot that connects with your audience and what you need to do if you want to turn your passion in photography or otherwise into a sustainable and fulfilling business. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the show, John D'Amato. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Pia. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Ah, I love love to see your face after so many months. Um, let's jump right in. I mean, I, I'm super excited to have you here. You are, when I think of you, the first thing that comes to mind besides, um, yeah, absolutely, which is your hashtag, um, is does not mince words, tells it like it is, does not give a fuck. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's start at the beginning, though. Why don't you tell our dear listeners? I'm sure they already know you because I talk about you all the time. Um, but why don't you just give them the the quick summary of who you are and why you do what you do? Sure. I am a branded lifestyle portrait photographer and virtual photographer who works with speakers, authors, consultants, expert-based business owners who are looking to create an emotional connection with their audiences through what I refer to as persuasive visual storytelling. And that involves a lot of shutter clicks and rolling around on the floor and dodging traffic in the middle of New York City to get these kinds of photos to create these um, to, to allow their audience to really understand who they are as a person how they can help solve their audience's problems and to give them an entry point into their lives to kind of get a sense of uh, connection and build that trust. And you have shot quite a few of my clients and friends and colleagues, and you have been my go-to photographer for what, four years now? Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your, uh, such a lame question, but it's a good but it's a good story and I'm kind of part of it. So (laughs) tell us a little bit. So of course I want to hear it. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your journey to this place because you weren't always a lifestyle, a portraiture, thought leader, guru. No, (laughs) I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to put that on the LinkedIn bio. Oh, guru. Um, Yes. Once upon a time, 
I was a television producer and I worked for a talk show in New York City in Connecticut. And eventually I lost my mind, became uh, very unsatisfying and decided to jump out the window and start my own thing. Wait, and- hold on. Why? Because where did you work? It's a good story. <laughs> I worked on, the, for those of the listeners who know The Maury Show, I worked on Maury for nine years and uh, worked with some of the most outrageous and ridiculous people, hearing the most outlandish and unbelievable stories uh, known to man. And eventually that kind of wore me out. <laughs> and I think so. yeah, and while I was working there, I picked up a camera on the side during the weekends and just shot whatever I felt. Cause was you were doing video there. Sorry. You yeah. were doing video there. Yeah, gotcha. So you were doing photo on yeah. the side. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was doing video on the side. And then, uh, during one segment, uh, probably around 2011, uh, we did something with a professional photographer and that kind of hooked me. I was like, wow, that camera's awesome. Look at these photos. This is really cool. I'm like, Hey, can you look at my photos and tell me what you think about these? And can I be a photographer too? And, um, that kind of sparked, uh, my journey into headshots. And then ultimately when I started my own thing, I started with the headshots and fast forwarding to 2016, And I came across a young lady who was at an event. Uh, Her name was Pia, uh, oddly enough. And uh, that was me. That that would be you. Yes, that would be me. That's how we started. Yeah, Red Elephant event. We shot the event. You saw the photos. You're like, hey, I'm doing this thing by myself with all these people. Can you shoot that? And I shot that. And you're like, hey, these are cool. by the way, I'm putting out a book and I need some social media stuff. And uh, can you take some pictures of that? And I'm like, uh, w- what do you mean? Like, oh, portraits and this and that. And at the, up until that point, I had been just shooting everything. I was shooting, you know, all kinds of events and parties and corporate things and stuff like that Red Elephant event and never crossed my mind to do that. And we kind of hashed out a whole thing. And that whole thing became branded lifestyle portraiture. So you helped birth. <laughs> it was so funny because, yeah, because I, um, that was, I mean, it's such a, it's such a foundational uh, point in my story and you are at the center of it, John. Like you realize that because before that photo shoot, I basically didn't have any photos of myself just here and there. Like I no. really didn't like to put photos yeah. up of myself Um except for whenever I was at an event or something. And then the book was coming out and I said, this was the time when I said, um, I, I think I have to, I think I have to be a brand. I think I have to put myself out there if I want people to read my book. So I guess I'm going to need a bunch of photos. So then I called you up and I was like, ah, and I think the first thing I said was, I really hate photos. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. What, it, can you help me with that? I hate photos, but I need like a whole bunch of them. And I, I want to be in a bunch of outfits and I want to have a whole bunch because I, I want to use it for all this social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- can we do that? Like, how do we do that? And we, and that's how we figured it out. Um, it was out of a real need that I had and I didn't know anybody that did it, which seems crazy in retrospect. I know it does seem crazy. I mean, it just, it- Yeah. I mean, it's one of these things where I could have sat around for another couple of years fumbling around trying to figure out the thing that really lights me up inside. And and it was handed to me and I didn't even know it was handed to me at the time. And and now I just, you know, I picked up the I picked up the ball and I ran with it. You definitely did. 
Oh, and you've, you've done an amazing job owning it online with your content, um, staying true to this, this niche for years. I mean, you really are the premier, I, I think of it as thought leader photography. I know that's not exactly what you call it, but I'll, I mean, I'll take it. It's fine. I, <laughs> my, th- my thing with thought leader is yeah. I would never in a million years call myself a thought leader. I had a client of mine who actually put this in my head and kind of cemented it. He goes, mm. it's fine if other people call you thought leader, but if you call yourself that on your own, don't do that shit. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I agree. I like but I think of you as shooting thought leaders. Yeah, people I mean that that's other a, people call thought leaders, and, and that and that and that essentially, then that, that's essentially what I do. Yeah, I I sh- I help other people who help others, and that's what it is. And these people, you know, uh, and and I've been fortunate to work with people who work in a wide variety of areas. You know, business stuff, wellness stuff, marketing, all these different areas, and it's really really awesome because I learn a lot from these people aside from taking their pictures. So. It's a win-win all the way around. Yeah. And I, I, you know, from personal experience, having this folder of photos and we've done, we've done three full shoots and then a bunch of others at events and stuff. Um, having these photos from you has just been everything for my brand. I mean, I, I can't, I don't think people quite get it and they don't quite, they don't know to invest in. I don't think this is still a thing for a lot of people. The idea of investing in a bunch of photos that look great in different, you know, not just the headshot, not just the one photo on your website, but just having a a, a folder of them. I mean, I can go to that folder when I'm doing ads, uh, when I'm doing any sort of marketing for anything. I mean, some of these, I got to cut my hair to match them again because yeah. my hair grew out because of quarantine. But, yeah. you know, so some of them are like, you know, a couple of years old, but they're still great. They still work and they're and they're still useful. And it, it is everything to if you want to be seen as a as a thought leader, if you want to be seen as an expert in your space, you got to look the part. And there is no better way to look the part than to have these gorgeous photos that you take. Well, the reason why your photos still work is because it's you and it's not just the hair and it's not the outfits and it's not the location or the activity. It's your personality. It's your essence. It's who you are as a human being across the emotional spectrum. That's why these photos work. We have you confident, sassy, you know, vulnerable, happy, all of these different things across the wide range because the stories that you share, especially you, but, you know, speakers and other experts experts and thought leaders, um, they share a wide variety of stories. And there's an asynchronicity when you post a photo of you looking ridiculously happy and you're talking about being on your ass for the first five years of your business. It's like that doesn't make any, it doesn't resonate with people. You need to meet them where they are. And these photos help you meet your audience where you are for a wide assortment of the stories that you share. Mm. Yeah, they've been, uh, they have, they have been the foundation of building my brand, actually, since that happened. And not only that, um, but the amazing thing, actually, no, scratch that. I want to go back to something else you said. Okay. Tell me, tell me a little bit about getting those different emotions out of people. You have a very special process. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> I, it, it It is what kind of broke me open, I would say, because like I said, I really, you know, people would never think I hate being on photo on uh, camera because yeah. 
so many photos of me out there and it seems like I, I love it. But those photos, I mean, I, I hate a lot of the in-betweens. I know you get mad at me when I say that, but it's you managed to get me to relax to the place where then I can actually just be myself and then you catch it. And that is the magic. And I, you know, until I worked with you, I hadn't, I didn't know that that could happen. And I just thought like I was very unphotogenic. Well, the issue here is, Really what it boils down to is having a fundamental connection between photographer and person in front of the camera. Um, you, for me, I, when I, when I talk to people at first, I'm strategizing with them. Yes. We're figuring things out, but on the, on the underneath the surface, what I'm really doing is how are they responding to the way that I'm talking to them? Do they get the sarcasm? Do they get the tough love? Do they get the uh, the little jokes and the sarcasm? Do or do I need to slightly tailor it a little bit? Because at the end of the day, it's not that I'm just going to sit there and, and berate people. I don't do that. What I do is find out how to tap into people to allow them to relax in front of the camera, even if it's for like three seconds at a time, because. Once you get that wall down, that's when your face relaxes. That's when the muscles are moving. And that's when you're giving off genuine smiles and genuine expressions. And not only that, but then you're more open to being uh, who you are in real life in front of a camera because it's awkward. And when I'm in front of a camera, I'm not a big fan of it either, to be completely honest. It's not really my thing, but I do it for the same reason you do. And it's about finding that person that allows you to be yourself. And what does that look like? I know what it looks like between you and me, because I think, well, you would know better than I do. Yeah, well, I bust your chops. You talk a lot of shit. I do. <laughs> but it, it helps you, me loosen up helps, because I kind of get exactly nervous. Right. And then I kind of start to like laugh and then I'm okay. Yeah, no, with you, it's, it, it, it is a lot more shit talking and just busting your chops and getting you loose and keeping you there. And and we've done this so many times that, you know, I know I know how to trigger you in a way to get a certain thing. And 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 it's a give and take because there are certain things that you or any client really wants or you give them that. But then you make sure you get what you know they need. And then and then you kind of assess at the end. And that's what makes this a collaborative effort, because at the end of the day, it's not. You listen to me. I'm driving the car. There's no other way. It doesn't work like that. It's mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's a leadership aspect to this because, you know, I have the camera in my hand and we have to get the goods. But at the end of the day, you have to be in a mental space that's going to work. And anyone that's in front of a camera needs that mental, that positive mental space to be able to do the things that we need to get. Mm. How is it um, photographing someone as controlling as me? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. What do you want me to tell you? Now, you are a special case. You are on my round, Mount Rushmore of influencers in my life. Okay. So you get a pass. You okay. get a pass. But for other people. <laughs> no, no, I no, would no, imagine. No. I would imagine most of the people that you're shooting have some similarities to me in that, you know, who, who is looking to be photographed, to be seen as an expert, you've got to have some pretty, usually pretty dominating qualities. Am I wrong? They're, more often well, than not. Well, it's more, it's more in this context. 
the people that I work with who are six, seven figure co uh, speakers, and then they mm -hmm. have, you know, add another zero for all their other business. These are people who are doing their thing and they are used to being the, you know, the top person. So what I do in order to, first of all, that doesn't always necessitate the need for me to have to like step up and kind of be all, everybody's different. It doesn't, that sometimes is a definite piece to it for some clients, but the vast majority of the people that I work with, it doesn't necessarily matter whether or not I'm commanding and I'm doing, it, it's not about trying to assert dominance. It's about trying to get these damn people to loosen up and look good in front of the camera and be themselves and have that combination of the flattering images with the, with the confidence and the emotional connection that we need to get out of these things. So it's really a play by ear type of scenario and kind of just, that's why the strategy sessions are so important because it is like a deep dive into their psyche and understand what they're going to react to. I love that you're saying that. And I know that that is a huge reason why you are so successful and at, you know, capturing people because you're looking at it from this angle. I mean, I, I see, cause I have clients sometimes who don't want to spend the money to do a proper photo shoot and they just go get their friend or whatever they do. And you can yeah. see it in the photos. You can just tell that they're not, I mean, it's amazing how micro expressions can translate. Uh, and it can be the difference. You can look at a hundred photos that are almost exactly the same. And most of them will feel dead inside. And one of them may or may not have that spark. And that's really, that's what I'm hearing you say is that's really what you are bringing to the table. It's not just the ability to take the photos and set the shots up. It's also to uh, to get that person to that place where you can get that micro expression where they get yeah. the magic in that photo. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's a lot of really pretty photos that the people, the community that I serve uses. They, they look great. The problem is that they belong in a magazine as an editorial spread and not as a blog thumbnail or a social post image or a post that should be on their website. And the difference is because it's just a vanity driven image where they look pretty mm. or they look confident, but it's not that there's no meat on the bone. It's just an aesthetically appealing image for me. Aesthetics are the ground floor foundational prerequisite. We don't use the damn thing if it looks like crap, but it's not, it's not the goal. The goal is to open up who you are for your audience so that they have something to relate to. Oh, this is what work looks like to them. This is how it would look when I work with them. Oh, this is how they spend their free time doing these things. Wow, that's really interesting. I have a similar interest. You know, those kinds of images are the conversation starters. Those are the ones that are going to get people interested and it's going to get them to care, to connect and to take action. And that's what we want, because as I tell my clients, you know, a photo is never going to inspire uh, someone in your audience to sign on the dotted line, but it's going to inspire them to pick up the pen. And that's what we're going for. That spark. So. Yep. I've had that experience. And, and also I've had the experience in our photo shoots that you play around a lot and sometimes unexpected things happen. And one of those unexpected things for me was I ended up putting one of those photos on my book cover and I wasn't, yeah. it was like the last shot 
you took <laughs> the day. The like, almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was the last round of shots. And mm-hmm. yeah, we just had to just do that weird thing. And that weird thing became the thing. And it was great. Yeah. I get a lot of co- uh, comments on that. Uh, oh, you shot that? Wow, that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, you don't know how we got it or how it happened. But uh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We lucked out, you know, but that's the thing. Here's the thing with that. A lot of people that I work with are a little bit hesitant to do that kind of stuff because it uh, it, it puts them what in kind a space uh, to, pl- to play with like demonstrative expressions. That kind of stuff doesn't work for everybody. Oh. It does not work for everybody, but it definitely works for you. And it definitely played well for, especially for what you're doing and how you position yourself out in the world. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of misses too that no one will ever see, but the hits are, are no. good hits. So <laughs> that's the thing. The juice is worth the squeeze when you do that. The juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> <You> <laughs> heard it like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, this is like, the, that's the crazy thing about um, the whole experience, especially because that first shoot, I mean, I felt like it went on for hours and hours because we shot so much that first time because because that was kind of the first time we did it. And I was and I had like a whole wardrobe of clothes <laughs> I was going through. Remember, and we went out into the park. Yeah, we went down. We got kicked out of the like garage area and stuff. I mean, we were all over the place. I do remember um, that. Yeah. And I think yeah. I was super exhausted by that time. That's why it's almost kind of amazing. But I must have been like almost tired to like a relaxed state. Um, but isn't that, you know, it's incredible what what an image can do for a whole brand. I, be- I really built my whole brand around that image. I still use it today. Yeah. Uh, and, and people love it. So the power of visuals, right? What do they say? A picture is worth a thousand words. Is that the saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Annoying thing. Yeah, you wouldn't like that. Uh, Wait, why? Uh, yeah, no. Why? Why? <laughs> because you're capping it. You ca- a thousand? Why is it a thousand? It could be more than that. I mean, the reality <laughs> of it is, is that a picture is a picture and how you interpret it is up to you. And the intent, the intent behind it is, could be completely different from, from who the, the person in the image wants it to be at the end of the day. I don't know. I just don't like yeah. that thing. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I also, when you were talking about working with these, um, you know, some pretty high profile people and who mm. you shot some pretty high profile people, uh, like I, who you said shot Seth Godin. Well, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I shot him twice actually. Um, that's actually a funny story. Uh, so oh. I shot him. I shot him at uh, a, a colleague of both of ours, Ramon Reyes. Uh, Who was just on this? Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Love you were at the guy. Smart Hustle conference. I was at the Smart Hustle conference. I think it Very was cool. two years ago or last year. I don't even remember. It's all a blur. COVID. Uh, so, yeah. um, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, Seth's going to be there," and blah 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 blah. So I went in and I shot his keynote and uh sent ramon the photos and then i'm like ramon can i send this to seth and he goes yeah sure here's his address and so i set up a thing with seth and the next thing and then what i ended up doing was is i took some of the photos and i went to seth's blog and i took some of his blog posts and i and i used his words to match and created a little booklet thing and i sent it to him and i was like you know you're a very inspiring dude and thank you for doing all the work that you do and and i wrote a handwritten note which my hand is still cramped from because I haven't done one of those in like 20 years. <laughs> and, um, and he responded by sending me a limited edition book that is so gigantic. It's, and it was by a photographer that I'm a big fan of that did photos with him and 
yeah, it was really cool. And then I wow. shot him again in his studio with, uh, with a colleague of his. I shot some photos of him doing an interview with someone. And I was in the inner sanctum <laughs> wow. where he does all his videos. I saw, I saw how the sausage was made. It was very cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. It's so yeah. cool that you get to meet people like that in your line yeah. of work. Yeah. And even if the people, the other speakers that uh, I, I work with that aren't on a Seth Godin global level, they're all awesome people. And in our community, they're the rock stars. And, um, and, and, and the ability to be associated with these people by collaborating with them with their image content, it really, um, it's really nice. It's, it's nice to have people follow me and kind of keep up based on those connections. So, yeah. And, you know, actually, so uh, I brought you in on a, on a project a couple of years ago for that gym, remember out in Long Island? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We did, uh, we did video for them. Um, and photos. I forgot if there were photos. I don't know. No, this was a while ago. Um, but, but more to the point, you ended, you ended up doing video, um, which uh, I shouldn't say here because you don't do video and I know you don't want to, but, uh, but it was more the experience of the CEO who talked a big talk and walked around like he owned the place cause he did and owned a whole chain of stuff and watching him kind of watching the, his, his personality and also the power dynamic like completely shift when all of a sudden he had to be on camera and speak. And and the second it was camera watching him, he had to deliver these lines. He was like looking at you like, John, what do I do? (laughs) How do I do? You know, and you were like, it's okay. You know, you're talking him down, you're getting him comfortable. And it, and it just reminds me that, you know, people, especially very successful people, uh, can talk a big game and it doesn't mean that they're they're super confident on camera or in front of a, a video or or any of those things you know we're all still people and we all have our insecurities um and i bet you kind of see that a lot with these people yeah no well it's a looking glass when you're in front of the camera there is no fooling it as opposed to oh i didn't say that or that's not you know if someone were in a conversation it's a completely different thing because you're you're capturing that moment as it happens and there is no lying, there is no fibbing, it is what it is. And that that puts people in a very vulnerable position. And as far as directing him, I mean, I've been doing that a lot longer than the photography and it is because of that skill set of producing, um, you know, high powered CEOs to uh, some interesting characters on a talk show running around crying and screaming and throwing punches at their boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, it's great. You know, all that kind of crazy <laughs> shit. But the point is, is people are people, emotions are emotions. And it's once again, absolutely essential to understand how to get into people's uh, or how to understand how to communicate with someone in order to motivate them to do the thing that you need them to do. And and it comes in many shapes and flavors and sizes and everything. But at the end of the day, it's got to get done. And it's really, um, you know, I've done thousands of those things. So I've, yeah. I've seen the gamut of people in all forms of uh, various stages of emotional uh, moments. Yeah. And- wow. You're making me just I, I, I didn't really make that connection. But of course, that would be a huge part of why you are able to do what you do the way you do it is because of all of that previous experience in, in video. I didn't realize. Yeah. 
Well, th- yeah. I, well, it's it's not just the 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 psychology part. It's also the style part. The way that I shoot my photos is exactly the same way that I shot B-roll for the show, for the way oh. that I shoot all my B-roll, like wide shots, medium shots, close-ups. And that's why, uh, you know, my stuff for some people and, and focusing on the emotion, that's the number one thing because, you know, talk show emotion, that's really where it was embedded in my brain initially. Mm. And that's, and that's why now it's a staple of how I position myself. I don't position myself so you can have personal brand, thought leader, photography, da da right. da 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 I go to the brass tacks. It's about creating an emotional connection to inspire people to do things that you want them to do. That is what your photos are for. And that's how we need to get to that place. It's by tapping in to how you feel and where you are in that moment and get them right and then get them in front of the camera. Yeah. And where else better to cut your teeth then people finding out if their baby daddy is really theirs or whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's one no, of it's many. Just, yes. One of many stories, but yes. One of many stories. Yeah. Sorry. No, yeah. just, I, I'm just realizing, of course, like all we're doing is watching people's emotions go wild on those shows. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if those shows exist anymore. I they think sure that is like daytime TV. They do. They sure oh. do. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I think of that as like a homesick from school in the 90s. <laughs> That's you, you know, you would be surprised how many doctors and lawyers and high level professional folks love that show because it's cathartic for them to shut their brain off and watch the dumpster fire uh, appear before their very eyes. And oh, they find that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not one of them. I mean, I was part of it, but I'm definitely yeah. I, I don't uh, I haven't watched an episode in uh, quite some time. Yeah. So how, uh, tell me a little bit about where you want your business to go. Like, what's the big, what's the big plan? Because John, your, your job is physical. I mean, you are, like you said earlier, rolling around on the floor. You shot one of my clients earlier this year and you were all over the place and you got awesome shots because of it. But, uh, it's hard work. It's physical work. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And and now that I've been since the uh, the quarantine and everything, the virtual stuff rolling around in my apartment, it's so physical. I'm just, it's crazy. In your apartment? What do you mean? Oh. Oh, you mean you must be feeling better because you're not doing it? No, 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 no. I'm doing, I'm, I'm shooting my clients. They send me Zoom links and I basically uh, throw that up on the screen and then I change the screen orientations. I put the laptop on top of a folding table and the folding table in various rooms of my apartment and I'm rolling around on the floor shooting the crazy angles that you're used to me seeing me do, but it's a laptop screen. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Tell me more about these virtual shoots. Like what's the idea behind them? Uh, the idea, the idea is that a lot of the people in my community are obviously migrating to virtual presentations based simply on the fact that we're not allowed to have these large gatherings Mm -hmm. anymore for now anyway. And, um, they need to have image assets as well as their speaker reels too, uh, to have, an opportunity for bureaus and organizations and uh, uh, corporate teams that hire people to come in and speak on various topics. They need to show those people, the decision makers, what the experience would look like as a virtual presenter, because it is not the same at all. Mm. It doesn't mean that it's less valuable, but it is completely different. 
And um, so what I did was, um, and I stumbled on it because I didn't do it purposefully. It was when I was sick. It was, I was still sick and I felt horrendous. And I, I, uh, I'm a sponsor for the National Speakers Association, New York City chapter. And for the April meeting, they obviously went, they canceled the in-person and we went virtual. And I'm sitting literally here in this chair and I'm kind of like this, I'm like slumped over and I felt horrendous. I'm watching the presentation and I look over to my left where my camera is and I'm like, you know what, let me just grab the damn thing. So I grabbed the camera. I'm like, let me just feel useful because I hadn't picked up the camera in five weeks. And I did, took a shot, looked at the back of the camera. Oh, this doesn't look as crappy as I thought it would. So I shot the whole program. It was about two hours. And then the next day, like, let me surprise them. Let me surprise the the chapter with, with the photos. So I wrote a little post and, you know, got it out there, put the post up with the photos. And I got quite a response. And they were all surprised. And they're like, wow, wh- wh- like, you know, who does this? I'm like, I don't know. I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> I and do now. <laughs> yeah, I do now. And from that one post led to two people basically referring me to everyone and it is because of that one post that one thought that 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 feeling of service and love for that chapter and trying to do something and be useful when i wasn't 100 percent that led to me having the last couple of months of being profitable which i can't believe but i am and and i've met a lot of really interesting people and i've shot about 100 of these damn things a hundred? Oh my God. That's amazing. A lot repeat clients and all yeah. of that. But yeah, about a about a hundred different times I've had to turn this thing on and shoot people talking and shoot recordings and, and all this other stuff. But it's That's been really, awesome. really interesting. Yeah. And I've actually, so you talk about moving forward. What do I want to yeah. do? Well, you're right about the physical part because, you know, I'm getting old. So let's be honest. I'm not trying to roll around the rest of my life. (laughs) So at some point, uh, what I'm looking to do, well, first of all, I'm rolling this virtual stuff. in. so for shooting for the foreseeable future, I'm creating a new, a new offer that has uh, the opportunity to do this virtual stuff and lifestyle portraits. But um, beyond that, I'm looking into doing uh, eventually uh, doing some speaking and some educating for photographers and kind of building a, branded lifestyle portrait clan, if you will, uh, across the country and kind of educating and speaking to photographers about how to present themselves in a way that doesn't sound as shitty as they're doing right now. Yeah. What do you think photographers, uh, what are their biggest mistakes? I, I think I, I have some opinions. I'd love to know yours. <laughs> sure. The biggest, the biggest challenge or the biggest problem that photographers have is they're too busy talking about themselves. And when they don't talk about themselves, they just let the work speak for itself, which is yes. the biggest amount of horseshit I've ever thought of. And this is coming from someone that did that and didn't understand the difference. You know, it's hard to know what you don't know. Yes. And that's why it's important to create awareness for people that are coming before you and those who are struggling that are uh, past you, but could use the help. And that's the problem. There's just a lot of stale writing. Everybody sounds like everybody else. They focus on the technical. They focus on things that the client could care less about. What they want to know is what problems do you solve? Is that problem mine? And how are you going to do it? And that's where 98% of photographers uh, miss the mark because they don't do that. Yeah letting your portfolio speak for yourself is what like every artist does 
right? Because photographers are, are artists and they think yeah. like artists. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm an artist first. I, I, I know. I, I, bu I built this. <laughs> I, I, as I've said, I've monetized my art in a way that does not compromise my integrity. And up until six years ago, I could not have said that. And now I can say that very, very uh, confidently. And it's an important aspect to this, but you are not just an artist. You are a business owner. This is a business. This is not, let's go walk around and get some pretty pictures and I'm going to feel great inside. And then, oh, I did something today. No, you, what did you do? You avoided doing the work. And that's what a lot of photographers don't want to do. And that's a problem because you're not going to build a sustainable business that people will refer you out to. And that's the whole point of doing this. So if you're not doing that, you're doing nothing. Preach, John Zamato. <laughs> <laughs> no, it drives no me kidding. Nuts. Yeah, no, I know. It's and you know, it's this. Uh, I see so many people stuck in that because they, they, especially the artists. You know, I'm married to one. I'm surrounded by artists. Um, really struggle with this feeling of doing the business is compromising their art. Um, but you're a perfect example of how no, it's not compromising it. It's actually facilitating it. You get to have a, a business where you do the thing you do best and want to do. And it requires you. I mean, you clearly have done an amazing job learning about the business and about the marketing. You've become a prolific writer. You've gotten really good at marketing copy. These are all skills that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't have 10 years ago. <laughs> no, so, no. It's a lot of work. I, no, it's, it is a lot of work. And it's, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the business empowers the art. That's the mm -hmm. whole thing that people miss. It's, it's giving you the opportunity to essentially play, house, play with house money in the game of life because you have a camera in your hand and you're making a living doing this. It is a gift. It is something I never thought was possible. I thought it was just going to be miserable and then the next thing you know, and, and that's it. And, you know, but it's not you can make it work for you. The question is, do you want to put in the work to make it happen? You know, and, and for me, what I discovered in this journey over the past couple of years is that I do enjoy writing because I pour my heart and soul into these things, into the writing, into the shooting and the writing, because at the end of the day, they both work together because this is how people understand whether or not you're the solution to their problems. And, do will I get along with this person? And are we going to have a fun time, but also get the work? Like all of these things play together. And ultimately to me, the writing is now an extension of my art as well. You know, so it all plays, plays together. It's, uh, it's interesting. You say that I, I watched the same evolution with Steve, actually. He, he is almost, I mean, I'm not saying this is you, but he's all, his art has almost become more than 50% writing these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because when you start to do that, it's actually a uh, an exploration of yourself. And then you start to talk about the very thing that you've been expressing through whatever uh, visual medium. But then you realize all the things that are behind it. And I mean, at least I'm observing this. Um, no, it's it between both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other th I was about to say, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you can throw it in there a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but what what the writing does is it allows you the opportunity to work out your own insights. Yeah. Because again, 
the work does not speak for itself. You have to speak on behalf of what that work is. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by writing about it and writing about it and writing about it. Like I have written close to 400 blogs in three years. It's insane. Um, actually, August. Yeah, we're coming up on three years very soon. And wow. and I've written similar topics over and over again. But what what you'll notice if you actually go back to the original iterations of them, they're very different. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the experiences are different. Working with people changes things. Understanding your audience refines and refines and refines and refines. You know, over time, if you actually talk to these people and kind of get that insight as to why they hired you and what apprehensions that they had before they hired you and what made the difference, you know, for their business with the work that I've given them and how do they feel personally about these folks. And you take all of these things and you start to incorporate it into these insights and the writing becomes more robust and interesting and compelling and telling. And it also lets these people envision the audience envision and let it relate to themselves. And that's the kind of stuff that you need to do as, you know, for me or any photographer and in order to really develop real relationships. Um, <laughs> Actually, so you bringing all this up is just reminding me. So a couple years ago, I, I guess it was a couple years ago at this point, you actually like went into a whole personal development program, which comes up a lot in, in these uh, podcast interviews because so many entrepreneurs that are really reaching for it tend to do that. Um, but I was impressed and surprised that you did that. It didn't seem, I mean, forgive me, it didn't seem like in line with what you were trying to do, but it really seemed like it, it had a pretty profound effect on you. Yeah, I was what pretty was surprised too. You were? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, no, it wasn't um, until it was. And that's pretty much how everybody is. Um, yeah, it was a positive psychology course that I took. Uh, a colleague, friend of mine, um, had me come in and uh, suggested that I do this thing. And I, I did it, and it was challenging, but very uh, enlightening. And it kind of solidified a lot of the things that I had already understood, you know, from with respect to working with people in the television more kind of personality and communication. But then this took it to a whole other level by really teaching me what it means to live a fulfilling life and what are the different aspects of it and understanding how to do that. And um, it was really inspiring and learned a lot of things. And I applied a lot of the stuff that I learned there, the different interventions and ways to communicate with people and resilience and positivity and things like that. Now, am I a resilient? Positivity? Positive? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was just gonna, you know, it's funny. Yeah. The one thing that I learned about that is positivity is manifested in different ways to different people. And, 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 I, and yeah, I'm a, I, <laughs> I, I, I have my moments. You have your moments. But no, gonna... it's not that you're not a positive person. Actually, that's what's kind of funny about it. It's It doesn't come out as like a, a forward-facing part of your personality, but you actually are <laughs> quite a positive person. I, mo I motivate people in a way that may come off as not positive, but it comes from a place of love. And, and at the end of the day, it is that. And it is being positive and proactive and trying to shake people out of their own mental cages, especially when they're in front of the camera. And sometimes it takes a little bit of elbow grease and some ass kicking to get people to do the thing. And, and that was reinforced during that time 
with the positive psychology and I learned a lot about myself and, and the fact that I am now so very aware of all of the things that I still want to improve in my life. Mm -hmm. It's a never ending thing. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, evolving as a business owner and as an artist and, and working with your people. It's a constantly evolving thing. There is no mountaintop and there's always more to learn and more to do. And so for that experience, I'm very grateful. It's so interesting you bring that up because I have been, by the time this airs, this will be a few weeks ago, but I have been working on my TEDx talk for a, a lot of hours <laughs> for the last few weeks, really deep diving. And yeah. um, this is something that has come up that is probably going to make it into it, which is just the moment I really had the realization that there's no mountaintop, which was both a very scary and kind of depressing moment and also yeah. freeing and exciting moment. I mean, they was both of those things at the exact same time. And I, and I can pinpoint like a couple of times in my life where I had, I mean, you have, you don't have that realization just once you kind of have it and then you have it again and again. <laughs> but um, yeah. it sounds like this uh, program kind of helped you see that there wasn't kind of an answer. Yeah, no, it definitely did. It was an opportunity for me to truly understand what motivates people to show up in the world the way they want. So valuable. Which is really, really deeply connected to what you do for them, which is help them do that, execute that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I said yes to it in the first place. It was because I could see the benefit of that, not just for me as a human being living on the face of the planet, but also the way in which I serve my people. So it kind of tied together and it was a no brainer. Yeah, I love that. And I love how I have really seen in the evolution of your business and all the things that you have been doing through the writing and exploring your own psychology and what you want. Um, it's a natural progression. I see this over and over again. It's a natural progression to end up, you can't help it, like trying to help people behind you, trying to help people who are struggling with it. It's, and I, you know, not to take anything away from anybody, but like, I really see it not as altruism, but more just kind of like as a natural, inevitable conclusion or, or part of the own individual personal growth experience. You know yeah, what I mean? I do. Reciprocity is wired into us. You know, someone does something for us, we want to give back. So as we go along the path, you know, to me, anyway, I feel that yesterday I was on the phone with a photographer who is going through a major transition in her life and trying to figure out where she's going. And I've known her for a number number of years. And and I'm like, yeah, let's just get on the phone and talk about it. We talked for like 45 minutes about different things. And, sh and it's not even a, oh, I got to go do this thing. It's I want to do this thing because guess what? Five years ago, when I was on my ass trying to figure things out, there were people there that helped me figure my mm -hmm. things out. And it's just something that just feels right and it feels good. And it's part of, you know, I mean, some people don't do that. And that's fine. I mean, listen, you live your life the way you want. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah. I, I actually don't, I think that. I mean, this, this is a, a theory that I'm going to be testing and observing, but I, I actually think anybody who does this work is doing that. And it might, and it may be through having, you know, conversations with other people and kind of coaching them for free as a help, you know, and it may look different than that, but 
suffice it to say, nobody is, um, you can't continue to grow and not end up helping people <laughs> around you. You just can't, that's just not how it works. You can't grow in a vacuum. That's my, that's my thesis. You can't grow in a vacuum. Um, no. and so if you continue to grow, you act just, you naturally will end up helping all these other people along the way. Well, if you're in the business of helping other people, building relationships with them, giving back and helping in whatever way that looks like, but in a way that those people need is a natural extension of the work that you do normally. And I think if you don't do that, it's not going to work. It's not mm -hmm. going to work because there's a missing piece to that whole, uh, yeah. The, the ecosystem. Exactly. You. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. John. Cool. I see, I see your future helping lots of photographers. There's so many photographers out there who are struggling with their businesses. I mean, it makes sense as a natural progression for your business um, to have that extension. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and you've I talked mean, about it for a while. Yeah. I love, I mean, I, I, you know, those are my people. Yeah. Photographers are the only people that actually understand what the hell it is that we do and what we deal with on a, on a daily basis with clients. And, yeah. and I love talking shop and, it was a couple of years ago where this first started. I was on a rooftop at a party uh, during an event <laughs> in uh, Manhattan, uh, and uh, I was surrounded by a bunch of photographers. And um, I'm not going to say that I was very drunk, but mm -hmm. I was pretty drunk. Mm -hmm. And um, that 20-minute conversation with five photographers around me as I'm going out and talking, and I'm basically being myself, mm -hmm. uh, was referred to in uh, later years as the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's been something that I've wanted to do for a while because I just want photographers to do good work, work with good people and make things happen and, um, you know, give themselves a fighting chance to have a really, really fun experience being a business owner and, and really putting themselves out there in a way that's going to help more people. So I, ha I see two two situations with photographers actually that I'm curious about your opinions on. One of them is photographers who are doing what I would call non-strategic photography. I actually get a lot of these people asking me like, well, your methods work for me. I do headshots. And I, I usually tell them this is my perception as I've watched, as I've helped a lot of, I have helped a lot of photographers, but just business owners in general. If you yeah. want to stay in like, I just do headshots or I just do real estate. I had somebody like that. Like I just do real estate photos of, of mm -hmm. apartments. Mm -hmm. um, if you, if that's all you want to do, my, my methods won't work for you because my methods are all about growing and starting to engage in the part that you're talking about, which I would say is a combination of like psychology and also uh, strate strategy on whatever the photos are. There has to be some sort of bigger picture strategy in order to transition from, you know, headshots are fine. People need them. They're, you know, whatever. Um, but they're more of a commodity. And so I'm just curious if you run into photographers in that situation and what you think, what, what your advice is to them or what you think they could or should or shouldn't do or what they can expect from, from being in that position. Well, you hit the, yeah, the fundamental shift that needs to occur in a photographer's mind, regardless of what they do is to understand that they are not a camera monkey. They're not a commodity. They are a part of the collaboration in their client's success. And that can manifest itself in 
shooting buildings or shooting headshots or whatever the case may be. And at the end of the day, the second big thing they need to understand is that whatever they shoot, you know, they're being hired by human beings. They're being hired by people. And in some cases, you're going to have those human beings in the room with you. And at the end of the day, you need to understand how to talk to these people in a way that lets them know that you're going to deliver on your what, what you do and what they need. And if you're not able to do that, you're going to continue be, to race to the bottom and getting undercut and getting not paid well for what you do because you are not going to be seen as an expert. You're going to be seen as a uh, band-aid to a, to a quick problem that'll come, okay, yeah, we need to get some whatever. That's the person. They're going to charge how much? Okay, yeah, that's the cheapest one. Get that person in there. Rather than putting in the work to develop that, um, that conversation with a, with a group of people that will see them in a much different light and will respect what they do and pay them accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I do see, I remember someone specifically a couple of years ago, she did, she took photos of houses and she really believed it's just about the price. This is a commodity industry. Um, and ultimately I felt like she was really stuck there because I thought like, there's nothing commodity about selling somebody the house they're going to live in <laughs> and how emotional that is. Yep. Um, but until you get that and start to figure out how you can own the fact that that is actually uh, a really important piece of it. And I don't know exactly what that is because that's not my, my space, but I do know I was in real estate uh, that there's a lot of opportunity there, but you have to be hungry to break through to that next level. Yeah. And I was at that place too. And then, and then, and then you smacked me around and got some sense to me about that. <laughs> you want to smack people but, around here and there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, metaphorically. Metaphorically, metaphorically. <laughs> please. But, but I completely understand where that photographer is coming from because it is the prevailing uh, way in which most photographers work. They don't see themselves as that out front person. They see themselves as the behind the scenes person. And, and they don't see the need to create a narrative across their online presence. That's going to draw people in. They, what's the point of that? I'm, I'm, sh I'm, I'm shooting living rooms and bedrooms. What the hell do they care about what I think? But what you said before selling the drink, you can, there's so much story there about, sharing things that will be relatable to the audience that will see those photos. And, and that's where they're missing out. Mm. Yes. And I, I see so many photographers stuck there and you know what you, that might be where you are right now because you haven't done the work to evolve to the next place where you can be that person. Yeah. And, and, you know, 400 blog posts later, <laughs> You know, yeah. it, it doesn't happen overnight. So I think that's no. a really important thing for anybody, anybody in outside of photography too. anybody who's in a place where they feel like it, they are selling a commodity. No, but in my industry, it's really all comes down to price. If you're in that space, you have to understand that, that there is work to be done to get out of that. But there's always a way to get out of it. You just have to evolve in your, in your uh, understanding. Maybe you have to become more of an expert in that space. Uh, but there's a there's a way to do it always there there is always a way to do it and at the end of the day we are we as human beings and i learned this in positive psychology we 
we we uh, the way that we understand things is through story. We making meaning out of you know it's the stories we tell ourselves the lenses we put over our eyes and the way that we envision it based on the stories we tell ourselves and that's why the images cannot speak for themselves because the stories that are being told if you put no context and no captions no nothing and just an image those glasses are going to be from the person viewing the image which gives you uh you're at a deficit because now they're filling in the gaps and that's not what you want you want to lead them down a path and that's what they miss out on mm. well said well said um okay so that's one photographer uh personality that I've, I've seen and the other one is the um the true artist that we we touched on before who is like so passionate about the photography but you know, kind of kicking and screaming with the business part of it and feels like the business part of it. Oh no, but I'm a photographer. I don't want to have to learn X, Y, and Z in business or, mm, you know, that and, and resists the business part of it. And a, maybe they feel like doing the business part of it takes away from them being this artist and their artistry. Um, but you know, at what point does that person like, like, what do you, what do you think about this person's situation and what questions they have to answer. Because I've said to some people like that, like, you know, at a certain point, just decide it's a hobby and there's nothing wrong with it being a hobby, but just yep. decide it's a hobby <laughs> instead yeah. of pretending it's not. That I was just going to say, the first thing is to, I mean, you don't, no one's putting a gun to your head and telling you, you have to pick up a camera and make a living off of it. That is again, the story you're telling yourself. And mm -hmm. if you don't want to put, here's the thing. Do I love doing all the aspects of what I do for my business? Of course I don't. And some of it I avoid more than others. And it is what it is. And I, and I, but I'm aware of my shortcomings and I work on them. And the point is, is if you're not willing to do that, then you have no business charging money for the work that you do with your camera, because you are coming at this from a place that does not benefit the people that are in front of your camera. You have to come at this in a way, you know, yeah, I really, I really struggled with this. I, re I, re I remember all of these conversations, you know, at the beginning. It's like, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. But it's like, well, do you want to pay the utility bill? Do you want to go work back in television? Then shut up and do it because otherwise it's not going to get done and no one's going to care about what you can do for them. So you have to be purposeful and you have to set intentions and you have to be goal oriented and, and, and moving forward and kicking and screaming fine. Just do it regardless. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think some people, because of the environment that we're in right now, and, and I think you'd agree, it's different in the last two years than it was even five or six years ago, right? Where everyone's an entrepreneur. <laughs> Where, I mean, especially COVID really amped that up, but oh yeah, it had been, it had been accelerating. You could just feel it. Everybody had a side hustle. Like a lot of people were saying, oh, maybe I should do this. Um, not everyone should, <laughs> you know, like maybe like you have to have that. Uh, okay, fine. I don't like everything, but I'm going to do it because I want this. And I, and I don't want to go work for you in television or maybe even something that's completely unrelated some and have this office as a hobby. Yeah. yeah. Some crappy office job. I mean, I will never, I will never, I would never have had a crappy office job. So I, we work 
hundred hours to work 40 hours or whatever, to not work 40 hours. Right. Yeah. I said someone else recently. Maybe I said that on another episode. It's a good, <laughs> a good quote. It's, it's a, a great good one. Quote. Write, write that down. Send that on the internet. Go ahead. Oh, it's not my quote. It's not my quote. Oh, it's uh, not your quote. Oh, no, no, no. Just, uh, you know, this idea that we will hustle to not have to hustle for someone else. Like I will hustle so much more for my own thing <laughs> than I will. I for, yeah. I had a, I had a conversation with a friend the other day, uh, that's still in the business in the TV business and just talking about different things. And it brought me back to some flashbacks and, and I'm like, you know, even though I got sick, the world's on fire. Um, I don't know when I'm going to start to be shooting human beings in real life again, consistently. Um, but there's no way in hell I'd want to go back to that place. (laughs) I'll take my chances doing that. I'm grateful for the time, but I'll take my chances doing exactly what I'm doing. Why? Because this is my baby and I created this from nothing and I love every aspect of it. And I love being behind the camera and having that conversation with people and making them feel special in front of the camera and capturing all of these emotions. It's, it's, it's magical is what it is. And I love it. And I would never want to do any other shit other than this right now. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end this then. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing, spilling your soul to us and sharing a bit about your business. It's super badass. I love everything you do. You're my one and only John. Um, And thank you. Thank you. A real pleasure. Badass. For more info on the amazing virtual and in-person photo packages John offers to make you look like the badass expert that you are, go to johndemato.com and grab his persuasive visual storytelling guide for free while you're at it so you can get inspired by his thrice weekly blog articles. Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Taking inspiration from John today, take this opportunity to assess how you look online right now. Are your photos presenting you like a true expert? Do they let your personality shine through or are they a little stiff? As you heard, I cannot tell you how powerful it has been for my brand to get a library full of branded lifestyle photos and how quickly it helped me level up in the eyes of my audience. If you don't have them or if they're outdated, consider putting it on the short list of what you will do in the next six to 12 months to level up your brand. Cause that might just be your next step to show your business who's boss.